Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. So well today. Unbelievable. Uh, I hope you came today ready to ready to hear from God, ready to have some church up in here today. I know it's gloomy and rainy outside, but that doesn't mean we can't be excited in here, right? Like we can have a little bit of energy for the Lord. And so again, I want to welcome you. Today's one of your first times here. Uh, My name's Bobby and we're just We're really passionate. Our teams work really hard. We want this church to feel like your church. We want you to belong here, and we want you to feel like this is your church home. And so, uh, again, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us today. Uh, We're in week three of a series that we started called Chain Reaction. And uh, we've just been going through uh, 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 these few weeks of uh, challenging you to... Uh, just create some small, simple spiritual habits in your life. And there's really four areas that we're looking at. Um, week one, Pastor, or, or I talked about um, your time with God. And we looked at uh, uh, seven habits of a godly person. Seven habits of a godly person. Really practical things. How can we uh, create a better habit in, in spending our time with God? Last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago, Pastor Stephen preached on your care for others. He, he brought the heat and, and we talked about how it's important for us as followers of Christ to care for others. Now last week we took a little break. Uh, we brought in the professional, my wife Shira, and she spoke on um, just... Is, is yet, coming into your yet, having your yet. Uh, with God, there's a yet. And, um, and so today we're going to talk about your calling to serve. Your calling to serve. And um, I call it that, I say it's a calling because that's exactly what it is. If you're here today and you follow Christ and, and, and you're a believer and you're someone who is uh, uh, striving to live after him, this is a commitment, this is a calling that he has given each and every one of us. Um, I, I heard a quote by uh, an author. He says this, Christianity is a religion of concern for others. Christianity is a religion of concern for others. And so, yes, serving Christ to me is the greatest adventure. It's going to bring you freedom. It's going to bring you purpose. But at the same time, it is a religion of concern for others. Anyone who wants to follow Jesus is welcome to, but there has to be an understanding that that, uh, following Christ is free, but it costs our lives. It's more than just God giving us this this help wanted posting, right? Um, And so I heard growing up, I I, I tended to get in a little trouble, Brian. I was a a troubled young man. And um, I remember one time an adult looking at me, telling me, and she said, you know what, Bobby, there's no such thing as a halfway crook. There's no such thing as a halfway crook. And I was like, what in the world is this old lady talking about? I think what she was trying to tell me is either you're a crook or you're not, right? And I was on the path to, uh, to destruction. But I think as a follower of Christ, we can kind of apply that same thing. There's no such thing as a halfway Christian. There's no such thing as, as a mediocre, like we, we're either in or we're not. And I think the reality is today, we got to understand where the, the church is. Like, what's the norm in the church today? And I want to I just share this little statistic with you. 
Before the pandemic, 2017 to, to, to 2020, uh, uh, Christians, churchgoers were polled. Almost half of those believers said that they serve consistently in their church. 45%, as a matter of fact, said yes, consistently serving inside the church. Well, since 2020, the number of those has dropped to 35%. 35% of Bible-believing Christians say that they serve consistently in their church. And you know, like I get it, right? We go through tough times like the pandemic. You go through tough times in your life and, and tough times are going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it, right? It's going to happen. It's part of, of who we are. But the church has always been the leader when tough times come. Christians have always been the ones to step up and not retreat. Uh, uh, historically, the, the more things got difficult, the bigger role the church had in the world. This isn't our text for today, but, but let me just remind you. Let me, let me uh, uh, remind you of what the church did. Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were gathered together, had everything in common. Listen to this. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's the church. That's what the church historically has done. It's responded to difficult things in life. And the norm today has become one-third of people who claim Christ are the ones who serve consistently. So, so, so think about this. The way that the church responded in Acts, that response set off a chain reaction. We are sitting here today. Churches all over America are open today. Why? Because in Acts 2, these people were passionate about serving the world, serving the gospel. It set off a chain reaction. Some of you are like, dang, dude, it's raining outside. Why are you so fired up? Like, come on, calm down. Like, like here, here, here's why I'm fired up, okay? Here's why I'm fired up. God did not give me and us the vision to start City Hope Church so that we can have a group therapy session on Sunday, right? That's not why we're here. It doesn't matter the, the difficulty, the struggles that we have. None of that matters. I want to make a difference in this community and in this world. And, and here's a bigger passion, or, or just as big, I should say. I want you to be a part of that. I want you to be a part of making a difference. Why is that? Why, why do you care if I'm in it or not? Here's why. Because I know that if we're called by God to make a difference, these are the things that's going to give you purpose in your life. This is what's going to bring joy to your situation. This is what's going to bring health and, 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 and again, purpose and wisdom and life to you and your family. Why? Because it's what we're called to do. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 25. That's the book we're going to be in today. First Samuel chapter 25. If you did not bring it, it's okay. We've got it here on the screen for you. Okay. Um, but this is going to be the, the, the passage of scripture. Now, if you're in here today and maybe you're, you're young or maybe you're a teenager and you're like, my gosh, like how long is this going to be? I, I promise you, give me, give me, give me a good, you know, two hours of your life. And I promise you, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're going to read through this. Now, this is one of the most crazy. It, it's an amazing story. So let me give you a little context. 
The king right now is Saul. Saul's the king, but David, you guys, most of you know, David and Goliath, David was already uh, called to be the next king, right? So Saul was the current king. David was called to be the next king, and these guys didn't like each other. They weren't the best of friends. As a matter of fact, Saul wanted to kill David. Now, just imagine what was going on with the people. There were people who really liked Saul. There were people who really liked David. And so David knew that his time was coming, but his time was not yet. And so what David did is he took his men and they went out to the desert. They went out to the countryside so that he did not start this civil war inside of this group of people. And so David was, was doing a good thing. He wasn't trying to push himself. He could have, right? I'm the next king. I, I could be selfish. I could, I could stay here. But he did the right thing. He went out to the desert. But I want you to know, I want you to notice today some of the things that David does while he's waiting for God to give him what God promised him. So if you found that, let's stand to our feet and honor the reading of God's word. All right. We're going to read just together these first uh, 13 verses here in chapter 25. Now stay along with is a, is a wonderful, wonderful story. I think there's a lot we can get out of this. Samuel died and all of Israel assembled to mourn for him. And they buried him in his home in Ramah. David then went down to the wilderness of Paran. A man in Maon had a business in Carmel. He was a very rich man, 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats, and he was shearing sheep, shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now, let me stop there and just, again, a little context. He wasn't just giving his sheep a haircut, okay? That's not what this day was. Why would the Bible talk about that? This is a time that was a feast, right? It was going to be a big party. When they shear the sheep, everyone's coming. It's going to be a big deal. A lot of people were going to be there. They're going to have a lot of food, all right? Amen to that. So the man's name was Nabal and his wife's name was Abigail. The woman was intelligent and beautiful. How many of you guys would say that to your wife? Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. I'm helping you out here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The woman was intelligent and beautiful, but the man was harsh and evil. Ladies, how many? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, harsh and evil in his dealings. Verse four, while David was in the wilderness, remember David's out. He heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So David sent 10 young men instructing them, go up to Carmel. When you come to Nabal, greet him in my name. Then say this, long life to you, peace to you, peace to your family, peace to all that is yours. I hear that you're shearing. When your shepherds were with us, we did not harass them. Nothing of theirs was missing the whole time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, they'll tell you. So let my young men find favor with you, for we have come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have on hand to your servants and to your son, David. Verse 9, David's young men went, said all these things to Nabal on David's behalf, and they waited. Look at Nabal's response. Well, who's David? Who is Jesse's son? Many slaves these days are running away from their masters. Am I supposed to take my bread, my water, my meat that I butchered for my shears and give it to any of these men? I don't even know where they're from. David's young men retraced their steps. When they returned to him, they reported all these words. David said, all of you. Put on your swords. <laughs> so each man put on his sword. David put on his sword. About 400 men followed David while 200 stayed with the supplies. Pray with me. Father, I pray for these next few minutes that you would bless the reading of your word. You would speak directly into our hearts. Lord, you know our situation. You know our life. You know what's going on. And I pray that today this calling that you've put in all of our lives, that we would see it, we would know it, we would respond to it. Give us courage and boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now, I want to take just a minute and I want to pull out a few truths from this path passage. Number one, number one, we're going to get through this quick. Putting others before yourself is the first step in the calling to serve. Putting others before yourself is the first stop in your calling to serve. David's called to be the next king, right? He had all the right, he had all the ability to stand in the kingdom, to be there, to be the next guy, but he's out in the desert so he doesn't cause a civil war and he, he could have been puffed up, right? But even in exile, look at this, he's out in the desert where he didn't really have to be, even when he's out there, he still decided to serve God and his people. You see, David surrounded himself with all of these warriors. And even though he wasn't king yet, we see that he patrolled, right? He protected all of Nabal's property, all of the things that were going on. He made sure nothing went wrong. Everything's good. None of your men got harmed. None of your stuff got stolen. So David right away shows us that I got to put others first. If I'm going to be a servant, if I'm going to answer the call that God's put on my life, I got to put others first. Number two, serving is God's calling for every believer regardless of their situation. Serving is God's calling for every believer regardless of your situation. Now, I want you to see this. David knows his calling, right? God has called David. He says, I want you to serve me and I want you to serve my people. That's David's call on his life. So that's what he's doing to the best of his ability. Think about it. He's in the middle of the desert, He's in the middle of the desert and he is, he is serving God. Now, I want, to, I want you to hear this today and, 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 and please understand my heart. And, and I want to encourage you today. The difficulty of your situation should never dictate whether or not you're serving God. The difficulty of your life should never be the factor of when and where and how you're serving God. Even, and I, I get this, even when like David, you find yourself in a desert. You find yourself in this relationship desert, this job desert, this struggle, this personal, spiritual, emotional desert. Serve through your situation. Serve God through your situation. Find people to invest in. David's like, well, we're out here. What do we do? Well, there's some guys. Let's protect them. Let's make sure they're good. These are God's people. We're going to make sure nothing happens to them. No harm's going to come onto them. And David served regardless of the situation. Now, as a pastor, I hear this a lot. Well, well, Pastor Bobby, we're just going through some tough times. We're just going through some tough times. Are, times are tough. Or, or, or I hear this one a lot. Man, you know, our schedules are just busy. Our schedule's just so full. We got this and we got this. Can I just give you a little bit of breaking news today? We're all busy, right? Wouldn't you agree? Every single one of us are busy. And every single one of us can fill our lives up with stuff and to-do lists and, and things that can go on and on and on. But let me hear you, let me, you hear this. You are called by God to serve. You're called by God to serve him. Not if your to-do list fits it. Not if your finances are where they need to be, then you can do it. Not if your family agrees or wants to go. You are called by God to serve through every situation you find yourself in. And life's complicated, right? When is there ever going to be a perfect time? When is life ever not going to be hectic and hard and messy and not frustrating? All right, I'm still waiting for that day. But it's not going to happen. And, and, and look at this message. This, I love what David does here, right? 
So, so he sends his men and he says, listen, tell him that, that we served him. Tell him that we did all this for him. We kept his men safe. He's, he's a good guy and we took care of him. But I want you to notice in verse 8. Look back at verse 8. Notice David's words. He says, please give whatever you have on hand to your servants and to your son David. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Please send whatever you have on hand to your servants and your son David. This leads us to number three, serving God. Godly service starts with humility. Godly service starts with humility. David, future king, he was the next guy up, right? He could have very easily said, listen, buddy, I'm the next king. Give me what I want, right? But what did he do? He said, just... Just give us whatever you have on hand. Let me, let me ask you guys this. How many of you in here pay a cell phone bill? Anybody in here pay for a cell phone bill? Some of you do, right? How many of you pay for Wi-Fi? Anybody pay for Wi-Fi? All right. Imagine with me for just a moment that AT&T or Verizon or whoever you have, they sent you a bill this month and it says, uh, hey, Eric, just pay whatever you think is fair this month. <laughs> just pay whatever you want, Right? Some of you are like, dang, that'd be pretty nice, right? That's not how it works, is it, right? They send you a bill that is, is probably too high, right? All of us think it's too high. And, and not only do they send you a bill, but they tell you when you have to pay it by, right? Here's the date, here's the amount. And if you don't do it, you're in trouble. <laughs> if you don't pay your bill, if you don't pay what you owe us, we're gonna cut you off. And now you're gonna live in a dark, cold, rainy world without Wi-Fi, right? Like life is terrible. Aren't you glad God's not that way? Aren't you glad that, that when, when I don't pay what I should, when I don't do what I should, God doesn't cut me off? God doesn't just turn over and say, you know what, he's gone. And you know, it, it, if you're here today listening, or maybe you're listening on, on our podcast and you're curious about Jesus and the church, and I just want you to know again, we're, we're so glad that you're here this week. And I hope that this message inspires you to serve people. I hope it inspires you to serve others. But I also want you to know this. God does not need you to serve him to have a relationship. It's not, it's not this, if you do this, then you can have this. See, Jesus died on the cross for every single one of us. And we serve out of this love, out of this devotion, out of this w- way that we can honor him back. And we believe that a relationship with Jesus changes everything. And once you meet Jesus, you can't wait to serve others. And you can't wait to tell people about him. So we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. And and we look through life in this lens that God has given us. He did this for me. He loved me. He gave me. He served me so that I am called to go and do the exact same thing. So what about when serving is difficult? What about when you serve, but it doesn't turn out the way that you thought it should? Well, let's see David's response. David says, I did all this for you, Nabal. We we took care of all your guys. But look what Nabal asked him in verse 10. Who is David? Who is Jesse's son? Can I just tell you, Nabal knows exactly who David is, and he knows who he's going to become. All right? 
Nabal knows exactly what David's done to serve him. But Nabal's acting like a fool, which is exactly what his name means. Nabal means fool, and that's exactly what he's acting like. And, and some of you have probably heard the saying, fool around and find out. You, you, you've, you've probably heard that. Nabal is getting ready to find out, right? And, and, and so the, the, go with me. The messengers, they tell Nabal. Nabal's like, who is that? I don't even know who that is, man. This guy's crazy. I'm not, I'm not giving him my stuff. This is my stuff. This is my meat. This is my treasure. This is my time. I'm not giving it to him. So David's men go back and tell him. And now Nabal's getting ready to find out because David takes it pretty poorly. Verses 12 and 13, he tells his warriors, he says, mount up, guys. We're going to go take care of this Nabal. We're going to go take care of this dude. He doesn't want to give us something. We served him. We deserve for him to give us something back. Now, I want you to see this. I want to let's look at this in an objective way, right? Was David the next king? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did David probably have a good reason to feel wronged? Most of us would agree. Yeah, he did all that for him. And then the, the way that Nabal treats him. Yeah, I, I get that. But did all of that justify David going to war with these people? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, I know some of you Bible scholars in here, you're like, dude, Man, there's people killing people all over the Bible in the Old Testament. Like, why, why, why not? Right? But I want to go back. Why was it not okay? Why, why, why is it not the right thing for David to go kill them? Even though he was probably justified. Let's go back to David's calling. What was David's calling in life? David's calling is to serve God and to care for God's people. To serve God, to care for God's people. So I want to ask you a couple questions today. I love to ask kind of some introspective questions that you can write down and take home with you and pray about and think about throughout the next couple of days. And, and the first question I want to ask you today is, who are you supposed to be serving? Who are you supposed to be serving? Again, if you are a follower of Christ, you are called by God to serve. Who Am I called to serve God? Maybe another way to say it is, who are you supposed to be caring for? Who am I supposed to be caring for? Now, I want to say something today, and, and, I, and I think we get this twisted a lot in Christianity, and I think this is probably one of the reasons why the, the, there's 35% of Bible-believing, church-going Christians that say they actively, actively serve in the church. I think this is the reason, and, and I'm speaking this out of love, and so if you leave here mad today, I'm sorry, all right? But I want you to hear this. Being a follower of Christ is not all about you and your needs and your relationship with God. I got one amen. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know that's tough to hear. And some of you are like, man, that's kind of mean. But this is the reality. This is the reality. Why did David think that he could go and kill all these people? Right? What, what, what was he doing? He was acting out of anger. He was acting out of frustration. He was acting out of hurt. He was acting out of pride. And he believed, wait a minute, I served you. You should give back to me. And because you didn't, I'm going to go do what I want to do. 
And how many times do we as Christians, my list, my to-do list, or I do this, or I don't do this, and, and instead of following the call of God, we allow these secondary emotions to keep us from our calling. We allow these things, well, I've been hurt in the church. I'm angry at this guy. I'm angry at this person, or I don't have this, or I can't, or I'm frustrated here, or, or you know, I'm just not going to do that. We allow all these secondary emotions to come into our life and keep us from being the follower of Christ that God's called us to be. Now, luckily, David's not the hero of this story. There's a lot of stories that we read about that David is the hero, and then there's several that he's not. And this is one that he's not. Because David's response here was all about David. His response was all about him. It wasn't about the calling that God put on his life. Luckily, the hero of the story comes riding in on a donkey. Abigail, which is Nabal's wife, is told what's going on. One of the, one of the servants came to her and they said, hey, listen, um, here's what happened. David's been watching over. He sent some guys for some food and your husband, who's an idiot, didn't give him anything. And now David and his men are mad. They're coming to kill us. So Abigail gets this information. Now, at this moment, Abigail had a choice, right? She had a choice of what she could do with this information. She could have said, oh, that's sad. I'll pray for you guys, right? I'll pray for y'all. I hope everything works out. She had a choice. She could have said, well, you know, like, I got a household to run. I've got kids. I've got chores. That's not my business. Y'all take care of that. I'm too busy doing my stuff. She could have said, well, well, no, that's, that's not me. I, I, y'all, everybody needs to take care of their own stuff. This isn't, this isn't on me, right? Or, or no, nobody would have blamed her if she said, man, this sounds, sounds pretty dangerous. Sounds pretty risky. I don't want to get involved in this. Like if they're coming to kill all these people, uh, I, I don't know. It might cost me a lot. But I want you to see what Abigail says, all right? Let's look at her response. Look at verse 14. One of Nabal's young men informed Abigail, Nabal's wife. Look, David sent the messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed at them. The men treated us well when we were in the field. We weren't harassed. Nothing of ours went missing the whole time we were living among them. They were a wall around us, both day and night. The entire time we were there, we were there with them herding sheep. David took care of us. David served us in the middle of the desert. He didn't have to, but he took care of us. Now consider carefully what you should do because there's certain to be trouble for our master and his entire family. He is such a worthless fool that nobody can talk to him. Abigail hurried. 200 loaves of bread, two clay jars of wine, five butchered sheep, a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of rape. She took a feast. Loaded them on the donkeys. Verse 19. Then she said to her servant, go ahead of me, I'll be right behind you. She did not tell her husband Nabal. As she rode down the donkey, rode the donkey down a mountain, past hidden from the view, she saw David and his men coming towards her and met them. David had just got done saying, I guarded everything that belonged to this man in the wilderness. David's still mad. He was not missing anything, yet he paid me back evil for good. May God punish me and do so severely if I let any of his male, like he is on a rampage, right? He's fired up. But thankfully, Abigail understood but caring and concern for others, which is the Christian life. Thankfully, she understood this, right? 
Thankfully, she, she understood that, wait a minute, I need to help. I need to step up and serve. Look at verse 23. When Abigail saw David, she got off her donkey. She knelt down with her face to the ground, paid homage to David. She knelt at his feet and said, the guilt is mine, Lord. Please take your servant, speak to you directly. Please let your servant speak to you directly. Listen to the words of your servant. My Lord should pay no attention to this worthless fool, Nabal, for he lives up to his name. His name means stupid, and stupidity is all he knows. Don't name your kid that, folks, please. I, your servant, didn't see my Lord's young men whom you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, as surely as yourself lives, it is the Lord who kept you from participating in bloodshed and avenging yourself by your own hand. She's, she's telling David, listen, it's only by God's grace that I'm here to help you because you're on a path right now. You're on a revenge path and you're going to go do something really stupid. But I'm here. God brought me here. And, and I want you to see this. See this. Abigail had to humble herself and she had to go out and she had to meet David exactly where he was. And she put David before all the household needs, before everything that was going on in her life. We don't know what was going on in her life because she dropped everything to go serve. And I want you to listen to just these last few verses. She says, let this gift your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who follow my Lord. All this feast, take it. Please forgive your servant's offense. The Lord is certain to make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because, of, because he fights the Lord's battles. Throughout your life, may evil not be found in you. Someone is pursuing you and intends to take your life. May my Lord's life is tucked safely in the place where the Lord, your God, protects the living. And then skip down to verse 31. There will be no remorse or troubled conscience from my Lord because of needless bloodshed on my Lord's revenge. And then look at this. And when the Lord does good things for my Lord, please remember me, your servant. If you're a highlighter, underliner, circler, picture taker, look at those last four words. Remember me, your servant. When I read that, I'm just kind of in awe. Because she stepped out and she served when she didn't have to. And through everything, all the stuff that she just said, all the stuff that she just did, her goal, her heart, remember me as a servant. Remember me as a servant. Here's a question I want you to meditate on this week. Is anyone going to remember me as a servant? Is anyone going to remember me as a servant? If you're thinking about the answer to that question and you don't know the answer, or, you, or maybe you don't like the answer that you know is true, let me give you just a little bit more wisdom. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus is speaking and he says, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus himself. Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve others. In verse 43, he also says, Whoever wishes to become great among you, 
shall be your servant. Greatness in Jesus' eyes is serving others. And, and, and let me go a little bit step further. Greatness in Jesus' eye is serving others, especially in the church. Why? Because the church is the bride of Christ. It's the bride. It's the thing that he is most proud of. Is the thing that he created that the Bible says even the gates of hell cannot defeat the church. Jesus calls every single one of his followers to take up your cross to follow him. How do we do that? Part of the way that we do that is to serve Christ's body. And this morning we're talking about and we're considering this, this question, well, how, how should we serve? What do, what do we mean by serving? What do you mean, Bobby? Let me give you a quick definition. Serving means spending yourself, your time, your gifts, your resources, your energy for the good of the church. It's as simple as I can make it. <laughs> Serving means spending yourself, your time, your gifts, your passions, your energy, your resources for the good of the church. Now notice, how, I want you to know this, like hear my heart today. Notice I didn't say for the good of City Hope Church. Okay? It's not about City Hope Church. It's about God's church, big church. Does that make sense? Yes, we need people serving at City Hope Church. But more importantly, we need people with this mindset, God, I'm here to serve you and your church and your people and your community and your world. This is the model of service that Christ gave for you and I. This is the example that he left. I love this story because Abigail, she sets off this chain reaction. And, and, and think with me through this story. She transforms the lives of a lot of people, including herself. She saved hundreds, if not thousands of people's lives because she went out and served David out on the road. Her situation was difficult. She could have put it off on someone else. It wasn't her fault that the situation even happened. But it was a chain reaction that so many lives were changed because she decided to step out and serve. I love that. You keep reading in the story, and I encourage you to read that whole chapter. It's, it's crazy, but it's phenomenal. Abigail ends up becoming a part of the royal family. After her foolish husband Nabal died, she becomes part of the royal family. Why? Because she was willing to serve. She was willing to serve. Do you have a um, use me God type of attitude? Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you how to truthfully answer that question. Because we all probably, realistically, we probably all want to raise our hand and say, yeah, I have that kind of attitude. Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you how to know if that's the real answer. How are you serving in and out of the church? How are you serving right now? How are you serving? Can, can I just be honest with you? And we're, and we're done. We're going to give you some announcements. We're going to go play in the rain. Okay, it's going to be fun. I just want you to know this. When we started City Hope Church, I said this from day one. I don't want to create a room full of consumers. Our churches have enough consumers. 
Think about it. Everything in your life is built around you to consume. Starbucks, Walmart, Target, anything, internet, TV. It's all about you and I consuming, right? It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. And then here's Jesus saying, no, 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 buddy. It's not about you. It's about you going out and contributing. It's not a consumer mentality. It's a contributor mentality. I have a vision that one day we will start a hope center at a place that people can come and, and experience the hope of Jesus. I have, a, I have a vision that one day we'll have a biblical counseling center that, for, for families to come who are struggling. I have a vision that one day God will give us some people that, that want to use their life experience and we can help young ladies in, in crisis and in pregnancy crisis. I have a vision that one day that we can take all the, the great things that God's given us and, and, and use that to help people get, just create life skills and how to have a business and how to run a job and how to fill out a resume. Those are the things that our world needs. And none of that's going to happen unless there's some godly men and women that say, here I am, God, use me. Here I am, God, take me. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to make a difference. Are you ready to serve? There's dozens of ways for you to get involved in City Hope Church. There's, there's, there's ways that we haven't even thought of yet that maybe you're good at and you're ready to jump into. That, that, that's not my point today. My point is, let's have, this, let's have this same mindset. Let's have this same attitude that Abigail had. Remember me as a servant. That's all I ask of you, David. Remember me as a servant. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And we're going to end just a little bit different today. We're not going to be real long. I don't know what God's speaking to your heart about today. I'm ready to start a chain reaction. I'm ready to see some, some folks at City Hope Church start a chain reaction in our community and in our world. You know what I love? I absolutely love seeing our stage up here full of teenagers. Blesses my heart so much that these young people say, God, I got a little bit of talent. I'll use it for you. I'll get up, on, I'll get up at 7 a.m. on Sunday, the day I can sleep in, and I'll come serve you. I hope these teenagers start a chain reaction in some of our hearts. My encouragement today, I don't want to guilt you into serving. That's not the point. That's never going to last. That's not sustainable. I want you to understand that if you're a Christian, if you're, you're, you're a follower of Christ, you are called by God to love him and to love his people. So maybe you're here today and you're like, I need to talk to someone. I'm ready to get involved. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know where it is. I don't know when it is, but I'm ready. Here in just a few minutes, when we walk out this door, some of our team will be sitting at this table right here. Just stop by. Love to talk with you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this relationship with Christ. I've been talking about this calling and you don't know, you don't have a relationship with Christ yet. You need to get that step taken first. Before you leave, stop by. This ball's in your court. We've been praying for you. We're prepared for you. But that ball's in your court. If you want to make a decision to give your life to Jesus, do it today. We're here with open hands to say, come on.
We've got some people that would love to pray with you, to take God's word and show you what it means to have a relationship with him. Whatever God's convicting you about today, would you be bold? Would you be courageous to say yes? Let's walk out of here today with the mindset that I want to be remembered as a servant. And let's set a chain reaction and watch what God does in our community, in our world. Father, I thank you for this time that we had together this morning. Thank you for these unbelievable, (laughs) crazy stories that we read of of people who step out and and do miraculous things because they love you, because they they, they care for you. They, They want to live their lives for you. I thank you for the many men and women who serve every Sunday here at City Hope Church, setting us up, tearing us down, preparing, praying. I thank you for those who give generously, faithfully, so that we're able to have an opportunity to meet together. Lord, I pray that you would raise up some men in this room right now that say, I want to be remembered as a servant, and I'm going to start inside my family. Pray that you'd raise up some women right now that say, I want to be remembered as a servant. And God, just watch the chain reaction of life happen. Lord, we don't want to just gather together. We want to make a difference. And so help us, push us, help us to strive after you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing, for all you're going to continue to do. It's in your precious and holy name. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.